We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What is up? Welcome to the uncontested podcast post-game edition, where the Thunder have just defeated the Denver Nuggets 113-101. to First game back from the All-Star break in an awesome, awesome game. It was a wonderful game. It was fun to watch. It was entertaining. Lots of fun stuff. The peak was, was alive. It was going. Nationally televised ESPN game. A lot to be excited about with this one, especially, again, the fact that the Thunder won this game. It's a big game in their quest to, you know, try to get to, I, I don't know if the team has this goal in mind, but try to get to 50 wins, right? Denver is one of the best teams in the West. They're up there for a reason. They're a title contender for a reason. And the Thunder played a hell of a game to beat them tonight. Before I get any farther, I want to tell you guys about a few things. First off, we are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. It's a great podcast network with tons of awesome NBA podcasts. So if you're just a hoops junkie, Check out Blue Wire Podcast. We have tons and tons of great shows. You can find them at bluewirepods.com or at bluewirepods on Twitter. Uh, and this episode is brought to you by betonline.ag, which I will have more to say about later. Also, if you haven't yet, make sure to check out some of our latest episodes. Taylor and I did a podcast the other night where we broke down five big questions for the Thunder season to close it out. And then we dropped a special bonus episode where our very own Nick Crane got to do an interview with former Thunder Center and f- uh, current Boston Celtics Center, Ennis Cantor. And it's a great, great interview. It's really funny. Ennis was very candid and open, and he talked about his relationship with Adams, his, his time with Russell Westbrook. Uh, remembered some stories from his rookie year. It's a really great interview. It's a short podcast. We didn't get Ennis for a real long time, but about 30 minutes. So it's perfect for like a commute to work 
or to class, lunch break, whatever. So make sure you check those episodes out wherever you get your podcasts. And if you haven't already, make sure to drop a five-star rating for us. That means a lot to us. It helps us be seen more, helps other people find the podcast when they search on any podcast app. So that would mean a lot to us. And make sure you subscribe as well so you can get all these podcasts downloaded straight to your device without having to look us up or search us or click the link every time we post it on social media. If you subscribe, you get them every time right when they drop. So uh, make sure you do that. We appreciate you. Now back to the game. Again, Thunder beat the Nuggets 113 to 101, and it was just a great overall team win. Uh, the Thunder out-rebounded Denver tonight, which I thought was a huge factor in the Thunder winning this game. Uh, the The official rebound numbers were 44 to 39 in favor of the Thunder, but the Thunder had six more offensive rebounds. That's a lot. Six more offensive rebounds, which helped lead the Thunder to taking 10 more field goal attempts than Denver. Denver took 77 shots tonight. The Thunder took 87. That's huge, right? If you get 10 more shots than the opposition, chances are you're going to win the game. The Thunder got 10 more shots than, than the Nuggets, and the Thunder showed a better percentage of three from three than the Nuggets. I think those two numbers really help you win a basketball game. So the, the rebounding was great tonight, offensively, defensively. Uh, really pleased with that. And Steven Adams was a huge reason for that, a huge reason for that. And so before I go on, I want to just spend a few moments and talk about Steve. A lot of times, whenever we talk about Steven Adams, we talk about maybe sometimes he's not so aggressive. Um, we talk about maybe he needs some, some rest, some time off. He needs the split minutes with Noel. Well, Adams played 32 minutes tonight. Nerlens played 16 and Adams 7 of 14 from the field for 19 points. 14 shots is a lot for Adams. It is a lot for Adams. Typically, we see him shooting under 10 shots a game. 14 field goal attempts tonight. He had 19 points. He had 17 rebounds. He had two assists, four steals, and two blocks. He was just an animal. And now, I know haters are going to look at the box score and say, yeah, but that doesn't say how bad he played defense on on Jokic. Fair. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Jokic really just bullied anybody who was on him tonight. That dude went 12 of 15, like incredibly efficient, got whatever he wanted. But Steven really neutralized that. Jokic, Jokic, Jokic had seven rebounds, 32 points. Adams, 19 points, 17 rebounds. Adams kept so many plays alive on the offensive end to get the Thunder extra looks. I think the one that and I don't even think Steven got an uh, a stat for this which blows my mind but there was a play I believe it was in the fourth quarter there where Millsap was isolated on Chris Paul out on the wing and Chris Paul danced with the ball and he danced with the ball I'm saying this I'm like sitting on my couch recording this podcast like acting like I'm Chris Paul throwing this crossover uh, <laughs> um so Chris is dancing with the ball he's dancing with the ball then he blows by. He gets Millsap leaning one way. He goes the other. Chris gets in the lane and throws up a little right righty floater, and he misses it. And Jokic had to rotate over to contest Chris. So it left Steven wide open on the backside. And instead of jumping up and grabbing the rebound, Jokic had already turned again to try to find Steve and find the ball. And Steve doesn't rebound the ball, but he just taps it down back down to Chris, who is wide open, just floats it up for an easy two points. Now, I, 
I checked the stats. I don't believe Steven got an assist for that, for tipping it. I don't think he got credited with a rebound, right? Chris, I think, got the rebound and the basket, and Steven didn't get an assist there. But it just plays like that. He's such an intelligent player. And when he can play with his smarts, but also be physically dominant tonight, I mean, nobody was getting a rebound over him tonight. Nobody. It was like it, anything coming off the glass was Steve's, which was really impressive. So just a huge shout-out to Steven Adams. If he can play like he did tonight, catching the ball in the lane, hitting that little floater, uh, getting some post-ups, running pick-and-roll, uh, rolling to the basket, and catching, uh, catching pocket passes, everything that he does, if he can play like he did tonight down the rest of the stretch, this team's in good position. They're in really, really good position. So massive shout-out to Steven Adams. He just had a great night. The Thunder also had 19 assists tonight on 40 made baskets. That's pretty good. It's almost 50%. 19 assists, that's a good number. And surprisingly enough, most of those assists did not come from Chris Paul. Chris Paul actually only had two assists tonight. That's surprising. Actually, th this is a real interesting stat. Everyone who recorded an assist recorded two, except for Shea, who had nine. So almost everybody, this, I think as, as basketball fans, as NBA fans, we really get obsessed with the stat line. And rightfully so, right? The stats are important and, and they really can tell a story. But I, I think this stat, two assists for Schroeder, two for Dort, two for Paul, two for Adams, two for Gallo, nine for Shea. I think those stats tell a story that this team is running an offense. They're moving the ball. They're playing ball movement, player movement, getting the ball to an open man to make a bucket, right? It's not dominated by one person. And this is exactly what Billy Donovan wants from this team. He wants it to be uh, a democratic style of basketball. And that this stat line for assists for the Thunder, that shows me that. They're moving the ball. They're making the right decision. Everybody's touching the ball. Everybody's assisting the ball. Everyone on this team can pass. Everyone on this team can pass. They're all good passers. So that number is really, really nice to see just how they're they're sharing the ball and how it's not one person dominating it. Now, in crunch time, Chris does have the ball in his hands, and <laughs> rightfully so. He's the best clutch player statistically in the league right now. Points in the fourth quarter, plus minus. I saw a stat. Chris Paul's plus minus in the fourth quarter this year for like the entire season. He's like a plus 150. That is absurd. Like that, those, that shouldn't happen. That is elite. Absolutely elite. I'm going to talk more about Chris Paul here in just a second after I get through some of these bigger Thunder ideas. The team also had 12 steals tonight. They were very active defensively. This was a great defensive game from the Thunder. Now, again, Jokic went off. Yes. Uh, Jamal Murray, 8 of 16 for 21 points. Uh, six rebounds, four assists. He had a good night. Yes, he also had five turnovers. But the Thunder played great defense against a good Denver team who had everybody healthy. Right? Denver played 10 guys tonight. They played Morris, Craig, Porter Jr., Grant, Plumley, Harris, Murray, Jokic, Barton, and Millsap. They played everybody, their whole lineup. And that's one of the things about this Denver team is they are very deep. And the Thunder played great defense against this team. 
yeah, Jokic got his stuff down low. You know, he he backed guys down and got to the rim and had crazy good footwork. I, I tweeted it tonight. Jokic plays basketball like your dad when he played against you whenever you were 10. And he would just back you down underneath the hoop. And then, like, you couldn't see the ball. And he'd put it between his knees and then turn and act like he shot. And you would look for it. And then he'd grab it from between his knees and turn the other way and lay it in. That's, like, that's Jokic's game. And and shout out to him. You know, he's he's a superstar. He's great. But the Thunder just, they played so well. Their help defense, their rotations, getting through screens, keeping their man in front of them, having active hands, getting their hands on the ball, jumping in passing lanes. It was just a great defensive performance to hold Denver to 101 points. Denver had two quarters under 25 points. Um, First quarter, they only scored 17, which is an incredible number. That's close to the Thunder's season record for the lowest points in a quarter. Uh, that record, the Thunder held the Kings to, I believe, 15 or 16. They held Denver to 17 in the first tonight. Just a great defensive performance. You have to be really happy with how this team is playing on both ends. And one guy that I have to shout out for his defense, who I didn't think was a good defender, who I thought would maybe be a liability this year, and has really embraced that side of the court and works his ass off every night, is Dennis Schroeder. He's not the biggest guy. He, he's not the best defender, but damn it, if he doesn't try to be every single night, he's so aggressive. He gets up in guys. He picks guys up full court. He fights to get over screens. He communicates. If he gets switched on a bigger guy, he uses his body. He pushes people around. It's impressive, and and I got to give a shout out to Dennis Schroeder for the way he's played defense this season. It's It's very encouraging. It's very encouraging. So those are the big Thunder themes I have. So now I want to talk about some individual players and kind of what we saw from them on this first game back from the break. But before we get there, real quick, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all things sports. March Madness, the Masters, Major League, Opening Day, all right around the corner. And BetOnline has you covered for all the latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. The best part is when you sign up, you receive a 50% welcome bonus. That means if you throw in uh, $100 on BetOnline on your account, they're going to give you $50 extra for free just for signing up. That's free money. The Wilder Fury match rematch goes down this Saturday night. That's tomorrow. And we can't think of a better way for you to wager on the fight than doing it with actual money. So head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to receive 50% off, or sorry, not 50% off, a 50% welcome bonus. There we go. On your first deposit. We signed up. It's really easy. And if you're already into betting, it's a great way to bet and support the uncontested. And so we really appreciate that. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at betonline.ag. BetOnline is your online sportsbook expert. All right, back to this Thunder vs. Denver game. I talked about Steven Adams a little bit. Now I get to talk about Chris Paul. Holy crap, guys. Chris Paul, Clutch Paul. This guy is insane. 29 points on 11 of 17 shooting, uh, four rebounds, two assists. Uh, He did have a lot of turnovers tonight, 
But when the game is on the line, you just give this man the ball and you win. That's as simple as it is. He almost had a 30-piece tonight. He has turned back the hands of time. He is having an incredible season, and tonight was just another version of that. Right? He played so well when he was on the court, just running everything. He was solid defensively. You got to give it up to Chris Paul defensively. When the Thunder run that three-guard lineup of Schroeder, Shea, and Chris, Chris typically ends up guarding the bigger wing. I mean, tonight he's matched up on like Torrey Craig, who's much bigger than he is, and he always plays them great. Any big wing, he always plays great defense on them. And then to score 29 points tonight and just the way he took over down the stretch, and we all expected it. With about four minutes to go, Kamiar and I are at the game tonight. With four minutes to go, Kamiar leaned over to me and said, hey, it's clutch time. Here goes Chris. And that's the exact thing Chris did. Here he comes. He's going to score. He's going to assist. He's going to rebound. He's going to play solid defense. He's going to come up with clutch steals. So good. Oh, man. It's just incredible to me how well Chris Paul has been this year. Nobody expected this from him. I legitimately think that Chris Paul is going to be in the discussion to make an All-NBA team this year. Right? There's three All-NBA teams, and it's each All-NBA team has two guards, so that's six guards will make the All-NBA team. I think there's a legitimate chance Chris makes one of those the way he's been playing. If he gets this team to 50 wins, I, I, I don't know if, if they can keep him off of an All-NBA team. Just phenomenal. Incredible. Great, great, great game by Chris Paul. Also want to talk about Shea. Shea did not have an efficient night. 4 of 14 shooting. That's not good. But you know what? One turnover for Shea. Nine assists. Nine rebounds. 11 points. Nearly a triple-double. And a team-leading plus 12 in the team plus-minus. Actually, the Thunder did not have a single person in the negative in plus-minus tonight, which is insane. But Shea, 11, 9, and 9. Yes, the efficiency wasn't there. It wasn't great. But everything else, man. I, I Tonight was one of those nights where I just felt like we saw the complete package from Shea. Early on, he struggled. Yes. But some of the passes he, were, he was making, he had one pass where he drove in. I think it was in the first quarter. He drove in, went to the, to the rim, uh, Nerland's cut on the backside, and Shea moved the ball from his left hand or from his right hand to his left hand, and dropped a bounce pass between two guys to a cutting Nerland's Noel. Just a beautiful look. There was another play in the second quarter where Shea ran pick and roll with Stephen Adams on the right side of the court, and Steve was setting a pick on the left. So so Shea was supposed to dribble with his left hand and come around the pick. He started to lean that way and then crossed over and went away from the screen. And as he did that, the big man who was guarding Steven was already dropped down to prevent Shea from driving, and then Shea's man pushed up on Shea. So it was like two guys were guarding Shea. He took two dribbles to make the big man fully commit to him, and then Shea, without grabbing the ball with, with both hands, just off the dribble, dropped a beautiful bounce pass between two guys to Steven Adams for a little floater. Just these little nuances, these things, we weren't seeing those these things from Shea at the beginning of the season. He was super aggressive on the boards tonight, going up and trying to grab every rebound that came off the rim. Like when he plays like this, you it's really a testament to his growth 
and what this franchise, what the coaching staff, and what Chris Paul have done for him. We, we are seeing the growth. Sometimes with players, you don't see a lot of change, and then they come back the next season, they've added some stuff. We are seeing growth from Shea midseason. Right? If you watch film from Shea back in November and you watch film from Shea tonight, you'll see that growth in places other than scoring. And that's really encouraging because you know the goal is not for him to be a scorer. It's for him to be an overall basketball player. He had some great defensive plays tonight, uh, moved his feet well, just a lot of positives for Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And I'm really excited for this kid. I'm really excited to watch him to continue to grow because we got a special one here, guys. Thunder have a really, really special player in Shea. So it's really exciting. Let's flip the theme here a little bit and go to someone that's not exciting. And that's Terrence Ferguson. If you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you know I've been a Ferg supporter for a while. I really enjoy Terrence Ferguson. I think he's a phenomenal defender. It's becoming a problem that he won't shoot the basketball. Flat out, straight up, I can't put it any other way. He has become an offensive liability, right? Players don't defend him. They sag off of him. They play passing lanes. And the Thunder sometimes are playing four on five on that end because of Ferguson. 21 minutes tonight, he took one shot. One shot and had one rebound and one turnover and one foul. That's not going to cut it. Teams don't respect him anymore because they know he won't do anything offensively. The one that really just, oh, that just got me. It's in that third quarter. Ferguson caught the ball at the top of the key and attacked the rim, and there wasn't much time left on the shot clock. And instead of pulling up or shooting a layup, he like jumped and tried to do some weird like wrap around two guys to make a pass that went nowhere and got stolen. It's like he's allergic to touching the ball. If he gets it swung to him and he's semi-open, he tries to touch pass it to somebody else. And I partially I get where he's coming from. He's trying to move the ball quickly to make the defense move. The defense moves if they're afraid of you shooting so they're closing out and then you touch pass to the next person so the defense has to rotate more. Nobody's respecting him offensively because he doesn't do anything. He touches the ball for maybe one second before it's got to get out of his hands like it's burning hot. I just don't understand. I don't understand. And if this is the way he's going to play offensively, then it is a no-brainer to me that Lou Dort is going to be the starting two guard for the foreseeable future. I don't think they'll even give Ferguson a chance. If he's too scared to touch the basketball, if he's too scared to shoot the basketball, if he's too scared to play any sort of offense, he's so athletic, he could be such a great off-ball cutter. To me, Ferguson's becoming more of an offensive liability than Andre Robertson ever was. And that's a problem. That's a massive problem. I don't know what it is. If it's mental, uh, if it's confidence, if it's uh, over, he feels overwhelmed. I don't know what it is, but it's a problem. Uh, and and if they can't get it fixed, that's it's going to be an issue coming down the stretch and going into the playoffs for sure. It's uh, it's very upsetting. I wish I wish Ferg could could get it together. I guess we'll see. But speaking of that, though, the Lou Tang Clan, Lou Dort, twenty two minutes, eleven points. Two assists, three steals, and a rebound. This guy, I was mentioning it to Kamiar tonight. Man, his defense is so good. He's not practicing with the team yet, right? He's still in that two-way. They're not wasting his two-way days. When he learns how 
to play defense in the NBA, when he learns all the nuances with his body frame and his body style and his athleticism, he's going to be so damn good. I can't wait. I love watching this kid play. He's fearless. He's not afraid to shoot the ball, but he's not a ball hog. He plays smart and within the offense, but still plays aggressively. He had a couple of dunks tonight. He had a three. You know, just just some of the things he does, I'm really, really excited about. I've said this on a podcast before, and I'm going to reiterate it because I just, I, I see it a little bit. In body stature, in defense of intensity, and in the way he plays offense, not the quality of the offense, but the way he plays it, he reminds me of the Portland Trailblazers version of Wesley Matthews. I just see a little bit of Wes in him. And that is not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. Love Wesley Matthews. Shout out to Lou Dort, man. He he's he got his opportunity and he seized it. And he's on scouting reports now. He's He's been starting long enough that teams are seeing him on scouting reports. They're seeing his tendencies and what he does. And he's still producing. And that is a very good sign. A lot of times you see a rookie come in for the first time and start to play. And you're like, oh, they're good. And then after about five or six games, a couple of weeks, you're like, oh, they're kind of stinking now. That's typically because teams are are seeing what that player's doing, right? The best example of this was when Cameron Payne was in Oklahoma City. They learned that he he favored one hand over the other, so teams would just sit on that hand and he couldn't do anything. And Cam started off well and then struggled really, really bad, right? Word is out on Dort. He's on like the Thunder play the Spurs on Sunday. Lou Dort is on that scouting report. They know, and they're talking about Lou, and he's still producing. That is a very good sign for an undrafted rookie. A very good sign. So, really excited for Lou. Uh, one more negative before we move on to Twitter questions and and play of the night. Uh, Danilo Gallinari. Not a very efficient night. Only 4 of 14 from the field. Hope Danilo can get it going a little bit better. He seemed to really struggle tonight, especially in post-ups. I don't know why he was so adamant about constantly going in the post. Like, I get it, right? I really do. I get it. Like, he gets those mismatches, and he's been good down there. But if it's not going well, then then at some point you got to go away from it. And, and I thought he maybe tried to grind it a little too long tonight. And so I... Uh, that's my biggest complaint, but hopefully Gallo can find that efficiency, can get it going, and, and we see him step back up coming down the stretch here. So I want to get to some of your Twitter questions before we move on. I'll give you guys some Twitter questions, play of the night, and then we'll we'll call it a podcast. Uh, first Twitter question comes from at SmellyFartBox88, and I think somebody else, oh, our very own at OKC Tracker had the same question. Who would be the best playoff matchup for OKC? It's a great question. We've talked about this a little bit. Neither of the LA teams. Avoid them at all costs. You don't want to play the Lakers or the Clippers. Hell no. After that, I kind of tend to lean towards the Jazz. I think the Thunder match up well with them. The Jazz play a kind of aggressive form of defense where they try to funnel you to the rim so Rudy Gobert can block you. And so a lot of teams end up taking mid-range Jays, and the Thunder are pretty good at taking mid-range Jays. I think they match up good with Denver too. We saw that a little bit tonight. 
the Rockets kind of worry me a little bit. You know, that unorthodox style. Steven Adams isn't a dominant post player, so you can't take advantage of the the Rockets playing small, and they're just going to space and attack. I don't know if I want to play the Rockets. I'm going to say Jazz number one, Denver number two. Those are my guesses right now on who the best playoff matchup for the Thunder would be. At T Rush 21 asks, should we start putting out traffic cones for the championship parade? I hope so, man. No, they're not going to win a championship. I, I would be incredibly surprised if they won a first round series. But this team is so much fun. It's so much fun to watch these guys play. The brand of basketball, the style they're playing, how they're playing, their interactions together on the bench, uh, seeing the young guys grow, the expectation going into the season being low and how hard they've they've blown up that expectation. That makes this season really fun. So I'm with you, man. From at, Dolph, at Black Dolphin 5, why is Donovan having so much success this season? Was it Westbrook's fault? If Schroeder can't play next game, who is the sixth man in? Why didn't the Thunder get a disabled player exception for Robertson? Or did they and are they going to use it? Okay, that's a lot to unpack. Let's break these down. Why is Donovan having so much success this season? Was that Westbrook's fault? I don't think it's black and white. I think it's in the gray area somewhere. Donovan very clearly favors an offense that features ball movement and player movement. And we're seeing that this year. The whole goal of ball movement, player movement, is to get open shots. Last year with Westbrook, Westbrook can can break down a defense on his own and then kick out with one pass and get somebody an open shot. So did Donovan change his style for Westbrook or did Westbrook not listen to Donovan? Right? It's kind of a chicken or an egg question. I don't know. I really don't. But I think Donovan has a group of guys that are bought in this year. Uh, a group of guys who don't have big egos this year and a group of guys who who see the success that that system is having and that puts faith in that for them. And I think that's kind of where his success is coming from. And he's had a hell of a year, right? This time last year, people were talking, oh, fire Billy Donovan. I'm surprised he doesn't have an extension yet, a multi-year extension, like a four or five-year extension because he's been phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, if Schroeder can't go next game, who is the sixth man in? Man, I don't want to think about that. If Schroeder and Baisley are out, I don't want to think about that. I mean, is it if Schroeder's out, I think they're going to play Homie a lot. So you'll probably see some Homie. Maybe Ferguson's the sixth man in uh, if he can stop being allergic to the basketball. And why didn't the Thunder get a disabled player exception for Robertson? That's a good question. They have to file for that, so maybe they didn't do that. I think they can file for something here at the end of the year to get Fergus or to get Robertson's contract, his his salary cap hit removed from the books since he didn't play and he's he's basically been out for two years, which would drop the Thunder below the the luxury tax and save them some money. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go about that. If you want more information on that, though. At John M. Ham, friend of the pod, works for Fran- the 107.7 The Franchise, is on the OKC Dream Team podcast. John Ham's the guy to look into for that. He he has all the intricacies of all of that. Uh, from at Danny Kobis, I think that's how you say it. Traditionally, against Denver, Donovan matches every Jokic minute with Adams, and today it seems like the opposite, and Adams had a sneaky great game. What do you think about that change from Billy? 
This is a great question. I'm not really sure if Billy was intentionally switching those or if Billy was just running with his typical rotation with the bigs and whoever they're playing be damned. I'm not really sure, but I thought Adams had success on all their bigs tonight. So, and, and Adams took advantage of switches whenever he got Millsap on him. So I, I do think maybe Billy had a little bit to do with that, but I also wondered, did Billy just say, screw it, I don't care who's on the court, I'm going to run my rotation of my bigs because I, I need to, to play Adams a little bit less minutes. Noel's playing well, although Noel did get in foul trouble a bit tonight. So, Daniel, that's a great question. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but, Steven, hell of a night. Hell of a night. At Hunter Harjo 7, is Dennis Schroeder indestructible? Uh... He might be. We'll see what the verdict is on that ankle come Sunday. Hopefully he is. At, is it Mangeface? At Mangeface, Justin Flown, does Presti care about keeping their first-round pick this season? It's a good question. The Thunder's first-round pick is top 20 protected. That means if the Thunder end with one of the 10 best records in the league, they lose their first-round draft pick. If they keep their first-round draft pick this year, then they lose a second-round pick in 2022 and 2023. I think the Thunder would like to keep that pick, but they are not going to ask players to intentionally lose games. I don't think they're going to sit players intentionally to lose games to save that pick. If they get it, they get it. If they don't, they still have Denver's first-round pick. They still have so many first-round picks they could trade into this draft if they wanted. Uh, I don't think that would be a problem. I think they would prefer to keep that first, but it's not dire. That's what I would go with. That, that, that's just my guess there. So, hey, thank you guys so much for always submitting Twitter questions. You guys are awesome. We really appreciate you. At the beginning of this season, we were getting like two or three questions a game, and now I've got to like scroll through all these Twitter mentions to find all of our questions. So I really appreciate you guys. That means a lot to me to know that you guys value kind of our answers to these and you want to, want to hear them. You want to hear your, your ats shouted out on the podcast. So thank you so much, seriously, from the bottom of my heart. Uh, you listeners, you're incredible. This is why we do this, and, and the pod is growing at a very fast rate and is because of you guys, so thank you so much. Before I let you guys go, I got my play of the game, though, which comes on a Lugens Dort steal. He steals the ball and starts running down the court. I want to say this was the third quarter. Third quarter sounds right. And the ball boys are out there wiping the floor down, cleaning up the sweat. And then here comes this linebacker, Lou Dort, charging down the court. And that poor ball boy was busting his ass to get off the court. He was moving. And Lou blew past all of them and dunked the ball. It was just kind of funny to see. It it was a great play, a great steal by Lou, a great run out and dunk by Lou. And really funny to see the... The ball boys trying to get away, get out of his space, uh, and, and get off the court and not get ran over is pretty funny. So, with that being said, we'll get you out of here. Hey, thank you guys again so much for listening to the podcast, for checking us out, for supporting us, for sending in Twitter questions, everything you guys do, man. We appreciate you so much. Um, we'll be back with you again Sunday night with our weekly podcast it'll also include our breakdown of the spurs game so be on the lookout for that thunder play again sunday night against the spurs 6 p.m local tip spurs beat the thunder back right before the all-star break so thunder probably out looking for blood looking for a rematch should be a good one and we will be back with you guys later that night 
think that's all I got. You guys have a great, great weekend. Make sure to check out the NS Canner pod. Check out betonline.ag. Go bet some money. I hope you win big. Thunder up. We'll talk to you later. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.